Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Dish Port Charles Style. I am your host, Tony Ann, and with me this week, I've got Dylan, Nick, and Sarah. Hi, everybody. Hi, hi. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We've got a couple of big items of news to discuss before we jump into our critical cases, so let's get started. Uh, first on the list is Nicholas Alexander Chavez last airs as Spencer Cassidyne on January 31st for his Monsters filming hiatus. Were you guys expecting it to be Wednesday? I know. Were you guys expecting it to be this soon? I thought we had like maybe another two weeks. Like I knew it was coming at some point, obviously, but now that it's here, I'm just like, oh shit, like Spencer's really going to be gone. It's, I feel um, like he's either going to go boom or disappear into the fog a la Laura in like 1983. I think uh, it's going to look much more finite. That's the only, I just think that. Because um, him just disappearing will be weird. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was just waiting for them to tell us. Yeah. Because he started filming Monsters on December 1st, right? December 12th, I believe. December 12th? Okay. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited for the story that's coming out of this. Because if they do, a, like we assume, if they do a presumed death, which is what I assume they're doing, um, everybody involved in the story is about to just go off and have so much material i'm excited to see where that takes trina as a character and that tabby gets the chance to really delve into this kind of material like i'm really excited to see where it goes i'm i just hope like i mean we saw it the week before where trina was giving esme a piece of her mind but i need trina to whoop her ass that's what i need I feel like Trina's don't give a fuck mode like era is coming because I think Tabiana said in an interview or something that we're going to start to see like a tougher side of Trina or it gave me the impression that the nice Trina is disappearing and we are going to get a tougher stand your ground Trina. And I feel like while that's already starting to show itself a little bit now, it's going to go into full force once Spencer disappears, however he disappears. All I know is the fact that Trina and Jocelyn haven't jumped her is very disturbing very to my upset. spirit. Very much that. <laughs> it's weird. Just, just weird. Hopefully, hopefully we, we get to see that because I, like, as much as I am not a proponent of violence, under most circumstances, this is definitely one where violence is 100% warranted. Uh, listen, <laughs> violence is not the answer, but sometimes it is the solution. Very <laughs> much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong there. You're not wrong. <laughs> At all. Like when it first happened, I was like, okay. Because of who was still on canvas, I'm like, okay, Jocelyn and Trina should be like, okay, on site every time we see her. Cameron's a guy, so he's not going to hit her. And Spencer could have been caught in the crossfire. I think it would have been interesting to just to watch that dynamic. But we didn't get that, unfortunately. 
And it feels like they're course correcting a year too late. And I mean, but like an ass whooping is an ass whooping. I think she deserves it. Let's and, and, <laughs> and like to be to be very, very honest, I as as a Jocelyn fan, it feels so out of character. That part. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Joss is always very quick to step to me, bitch. She fought Nell. Like okay. <laughs> a grown woman. A grown and she woman. Was, what, 13 at the time? <laughs> Jocelyn is very much her mother's daughter. And exactly. the fact that she hasn't been that. It's so it because she was that before the cabin happened. So you would think that after the cabin happened, she would step that up full force. But you notice they did at some point they made it a point to keep Joss and Esme out of scenes with each other. Mm-hmm. But whenever they did put her in scenes, Jocelyn was always the first person to give her hell. Yeah, but they, did, like, they didn't want to do that. Yeah, they didn't want to do that constantly because they didn't want us constantly reminded of what Esme was doing or had done. So they kept them apart because they knew they couldn't get away with writing Joss as being nice to her. Because Joss wouldn't just... be. And it just goes back to our point that they did a lot of disservice to a lot of other characters to try to make Esme work. Mm -hmm. It's a shocker. They they protected Joss, but a lot of people else, a lot of other characters went under the bus. Ben Weston Uh 2.0. Yeah. That's, and that's always like for me, I'm one of those people that like once I recognize that type of writing mm-hmm. I, that character's dead to me like once you're manipulating once you are like writing other characters out of character in order to service someone that it doesn't make sense to service mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm never going to be on that train yeah. Ever. 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 So the Esme train has 100% left the station for you. And Honestly, for all it, of never, us... it never stopped for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like, I enjoyed her in her function that she was supposed to be in. Yes. Like, scheming, plotting villain yep. Esme era was fun for me. And honestly, I was like I thought before the cabin I was like they need to keep her around because I thought that she was like when her and Joss had all that energy I thought that her play Mm -hmm. was going to be to make a move on Cameron because she had the I don't care argue with the wall Avery Pohl has had the best chemistry with William agreed I thought that's where they were going and then the cabin happened and I was like well shit yeah, I can't. That because <laughs> I, I, I thought that what was going to happen at the cabin was that not. I did not think we were getting sex tape framing Trina. I thought we were getting Esme's going to make it look like she slept with Cameron. Same. Same. And then it it went way left, and we got what we got, and well, here we are. But before we transition into our next piece of news, I do want to add one thing that I forgot 
while we're talking about Spencer's exit, we can also mention that Eden McCoy will be back as um, Jocelyn on February 1st. So I hope she had a good break. Me too. I hope she is renewed and refreshed and doing okay. And I'm actually excited to see her back on my screen because I just, I just want her to be okay. So seeing her back will make me smile. Yeah, I'm I'm glad she had the time off because Yeah. That's a lot when you're it, I mean, like losing a parent at any time point in time is, is gonna fold you like fresh laundry, but like yeah. but she's still super so young. young. She's a kid. That's a baby. Like I yeah. um, my heart goes out to her because I could not imagine. Yeah, I think she's she's not is she even twenty one yet? No, I think she's only like nineteen, maybe twenty. So I'm yeah, I'm happy to see. I'm looking forward to seeing her back. And I'm just glad she had the time off. I wish we could keep Temp Joss in some capacity. I mean, I I Yeah, at I this listened point, to I listened like, to the the episode from last week and I agree with Nick that she would make a great Emma, but I'm not stupid and I I agree with Dylan that they're waiting on Brooklyn to age appropriately yeah because I feel like especially for me I I've always kind of felt like they were holding that spot for her but when they specifically said that Emma was taking college classes and they didn't recast I was like yeah yeah they they're (laughs) they're definitely definitely waiting because they could have brought her back and put her in the PCU crowd and mm-hmm. like she just could have stayed with Grandma Anna, so I'm like, yeah, they're especially given everything Anna's been going through. Yeah, having having Emma come back to like anchor Anna back into being who she was before everything happened would totally make sense. Yep. Sigh. Yeah, but she's so good, and I she is. If if not, if they can't find anything for her on gh i hope another soap scoops her up because she not is days. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> i mean I, I don't want her to be unemployed but be employed with the correct employer because she's just she's really good she is <laughs> hopefully we'll get to see her in something else because you're right she was really good but the biggest news out of the GH universe this week is Chris and Dan have been let go and Elizabeth Corte and Patrick Mulcahy are the new head writers and their material begins airing in March. I was not expecting this news, but I am not unhappy at this news. I don't know what Elizabeth and Patrick have done, so I'm of the opinion of like, the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't. Um, so, but I'm I'm optimistic. I mean, that's all. That's all I'll say because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and then at the end of the year I'm saying, well, you yeah, know, you I should have just is- sat there and ate my food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic because when I heard the name Patrick Mulcahy, I'm like, wait a minute. We were talking about him very recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's one of the few soap writers, veteran soap writers that people still actually like. 
And then um, Alan Sarapa reminded me on Twitter that he um, was instrumental in creating the Avant family on Bold and Beautiful. And that was the one and only time I watched Bold and the Beautiful consistently. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, again, I'm cautiously optimistic. I know people have their issues with Elizabeth Corte, but she's also a veteran of GH. I'm, I'm open to seeing what they can do. And I'm, I'm kind of excited. I was ready for Chris and Dan to go. I just was. That part. Yeah. yeah. Because let's be honest, the things on display these last couple weeks have not exactly been reinforcements to keep their job. Um, I wonder, I wonder how and when this decision was made because like, was it, was it made before the strike or after? Uh, supposedly now take, we, we are entering our if and allegedly era. So take this for the giant grain of salt. It is intended, <laughs> but supposedly whatever their plans for Jason's return were they didn't were write. not acceptable. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> and that, that would be hilarious. And that <laughs> is what triggered the um that was the last straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. So however Damn. they were planning on I know what it was. <laughs> so do I. Allegedly, if that was the case, oh that's funny as hell. What a reason to be fired. Because I did find it odd that Steve Burton at the, at, like, right after, like, the week after the anniversary thing aired, he and Bradford did their podcast, and he said he'd, he had not heard anything from the GH writers. Like, he had no idea when he was coming back, what the story would be. And I found that to be a little odd, that he hadn't been to work since he filmed the um thing for the special and now apparently we know why allegedly <laughs> allegedly <laughs> i'm sorry that's funny <laughs> <laughs> well I, mean... I will say like for me i'm most excited about patrick because he is gone on record being one of the few head writers in this genre that actually wants to write complex characterization for characters of color. Yes. I hope we get that because GH desperately, desperately needs it. Like I really I really want them to um develop the Robinsons and the Ashfords and Miss Wu and what all of that could be. So Terry and Terry like I really hope he's gonna stand on business because that's what we need. Because I remember very specifically he did an, an interview where he was talking about how he had written some things for um julius on the gold and the beautiful and they had cut a lot of it and he was quite upset about it and (laughs) he was making the point that like when you flatten characters because you're not really understanding cultural references and and history and things like that you're doing them a disservice 
and so he's right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just really because, like, basically the character, the the character had said something about like um, when the family had moved from up south, from down south during the Great Migration or whatever, and the network was concerned that that sounded like a stereotype, but black people. <laughs> Uh, a lot of black people who live in like Michigan, the North, York, the North. <laughs> Where's your family? Where are your people at? My mm-hmm. grandma's from Florida. My granddad was from South Carolina. Like that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, it's not a stereotype. It's and it's not a negative stereotype either. I'm so that's, the that's thing. weird. Like that's yeah. one of the few things that is very relatable to a lot of black families that are from the northeast and the north the mid the mid northwest west yep like that that's that's what you get buck about that's weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like i'm just i because gh does have a lot of characters from underrepresented backgrounds and i'm hopeful that they now have someone at the helm who is interested in telling their stories and making them like fully realized characters as opposed to just sidekicks or props i agree or characters that are solely palatable for certain audiences that part yeah that and the fact that he was there the last time he was at gh was probably during it one of its most successful tenures in the 90s mixed with elizabeth corte's history and knowledge of the show i feel like we're gonna have writers who know and understand all of the characters currently on canvas so that everything they do while we may not necessarily like whatever it is they're doing it will at least make sense makes sense yeah and 95 percent of chris and dan's general hospital did not make sense for a vast majority of the time. They just did whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. They were vibing and not at all thriving. (laughs) But I would also like to um, caution some of y'all because I've I've seen some things. And I'm just going to say this. The show is what it is. And as far as like central focus and like main characters lead stories um please don't set yourselves up for failure this show Mm -hmm. is what it is it's what it's been for the last at least 24 years okay (laughs) so so some of those characters like the crustaceans are gonna take over again but is takeover it's that that's their shit like i mean that's true they haven't gone anywhere anywhere. like a little shaken up but they ain't gone nowhere and like i just i i listen i'm trying to save y'all nathan varney ain't gone nowhere so y'all but we're managing our expectations yeah i definitely am i'm like I'm like Carly's not going to disappear. Sunny's not going to disappear. Jason's going to no, be I, eating, I eating the show alive. Expectations that that's going to happen. My expectation is while they'll be eating the show, they will be in character while eating the show because these writers will at least understand who these characters are supposed to be. 
that and then the other characters are getting development as well that way when things happen they don't happen off screen or if they do happen off screen it's not so significant to the story that we're like okay what's the point of even talking about this shit on screen and i'm hoping that the pacing of the show will improve that's my big thing Uh like because that's that's been my issue with the way that chris and dan crafted story we did a whole lot of circling around back to things and baby this is not a staff meeting (laughs) 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 dead (laughs) like i (laughs) i'm so sorry but no I'm just, no, I don't want to circle back. Tell the story. Per the previous email. <laughs> that part. <laughs> per your last episode. And, and, and honestly, pacing and continuity, because I just need things that happen on screen to matter and not just happen to meet an episode guarantee and then we forget it ever happened. Like, that's that's all I want. Like, oh, also- what a I'm also 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 a little optimistic that we'll have we won't ever have a situation like we have with Dex under these new head writers. Like just to be very specific, we know nothing about him, and it's been yeah yeah two a year and a half. It'll be be two years in May, and we know nothing about him, and he's just been here. There's no explanation for why he does what he does, why he did it, when he did it. And we're just and we're just stuck with them. Like honestly, Jason's at least, return at least make those characters interesting for me. Jason's return and Dex's demotion will could be an excellent gateway into us getting some background on Dex. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all for it. If you got to take some things away from him to expand on the character, fine. Yeah, if we stuck with him because <laughs> historically it has not been good for replacement Jason when real Jason comes back it's like <laughs> I'm just and, and I, no tea no shade no pink lemonade that's been everybody going all the way back to Xander oh he was a replacement Jason too yep oh, oh he was replacement Jason when J- when Steve Burton, Steve Burton left, left in 2000 mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Oh, we know what happened to him. Right down to the friendship with Carly. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're, they're wild. <laughs> they didn't even try to hide it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it, it it's not safe for replacement Jason in these streets once the original recipe returns, ever. Well, I'll, ever. I'll be okay with this replacement. <laughs> um, well, these two replacements get in the boot, because... Um, <laughs> Neither one is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just honestly, I'm just trying to, and I just feel like because he is who he is, Drew might come out a little better. Yeah, I feel like just it, on the it, strength it, of its camera maps. Yeah. Now, see, I would agree with that, probably because Cameron Matheson has a more clouded ABC. But then I look at how they did Billy Miller, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, but he was a, he wasn't an ABC guy. Yeah, yeah, he, was was. From CBS. yeah he started at ABC, but his he made a name for himself on CBS. Yeah. 
like when he got cast on YNR, he was just oh the man that played crazy ass Richie on all my children. Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't yeah he Billy had made Miller. like yeah he had made an impression, but he wasn't like he he his he got his Emmys and his like his name his his clout over there with yeah. Mr. Bell and them. So do we have anything else to add on the Chris and Dan being let go of it all and the new head writers coming in? <sighs> Just don't play yourselves, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Cautious optimism is the way to go. Like I'm, try I'm trying to help y'all. I'm excited give, for the mess. <laughs> I'll give my opinion at the 2024 dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We will hold you to that. <laughs> All right, so now we can move into our critical cases. Um, this first one, I don't think any of us care about, but it happened, so here we go. Finn's trial begins. We find out that the Muldoons were poor and this entire thing was a scheme to make money. A scheme that Todd set Todd up. Set up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I thought it, almost typed it, and I figured, nope, let me leave that there, and I'm sure they'll pick that up, and you did. Um thing is... It's back to what you said, Tony. The fact that they're writing shit that we don't give a fuck about that happened off, off, off canvas. General Hospital is general fucking hospital. If you're going to write a malpractice story, at least do the groundwork, you know, to make us give a fuck. But yeah. we're at the point that even if the Muldoons were poor, I don't care that they were poor. I don't care that Finn may or may not have been framed. I don't care. Like, okay, I, resolve the case. Let's move on to the next storyline. I mean, the only the only potential upside I see to this is we're actually going to see Diane get an L in court, which she very rarely gets. <laughs> uh, look, that's the... When I actually did watch the story, uh, I only paid attention to the lawyer scenes. So, like, it's nice to see Carolyn Hen Hennessy and uh, Michael E. Knight bouncing off each other. Other than that, rescue Elizabeth. I, <laughs> I don't care. Those were good scenes, though. There was a way that they could have crafted this whole thing that would have made it something with some emotional stakes to it particularly with this last twist that they added because I find it funny I just find it funny how everybody is jumping to he was a scammer and jumping over why he set up the scheme the Aurora thing mm -hmm. now had these been characters that we knew and I don't even mean like a main character, but I just mean like, since they were clearly setting this up, had they set this up to where this was someone that the audience knew and like we had interacted with and we had like some familiarity with. Like, I don't know, one of the nurses, one of the other nurses at the hospital, like someone who worked at the Metro Court, someone who worked at Charlie's, just like. Mm -hmm. someone that we saw regularly so we had some some familiarity with them and the bartender being, at the Savoy that yeah, part like, Lucas family 
somebody somebody right and seeing how because I remember we had this conversation with Michael when he was like I don't understand what the big deal is on insider trading this is the big deal on insider trading it completely fucks over the regular to regular people who do not have access to that information and are then financially devastated as a result Mm -hmm. But like, we don't get any of that impact because we don't know these people. We don't care. Nobody's looking at Drew and Carly and being like, see what you, your crime was not a victimless crime. Yeah. You know, what would have been cool? Like an interesting way to tie this in. If Adam would have been the patient that Finn saw and then Adam's parents were the ones that filed the lawsuit. And then you've got Joss and Adam becoming friends. And then you find out that Joss's mom is the reason why they're poor. Or just like something. Because I've always said the problem with this story is that there's no emotional stakes and trying to make Finn the emotional hook when a very large segment of your audience right now is not feeling him about that man yeah (laughs) if negative fucks were a thing that's what they would (laughs) like it just it it, choices were made that maybe should have been reworked is all i'm saying exhibit a why chris and dan no longer have a job and it's and it's not anything like this is when I make complaints I know y'all be like all she does is complain but no like when I make complaints a lot of the times my complaints come from a place of story construction and craft Uh and this is what I'm talking about which is an area you can speak on because it is what you do and so like for me they went wrong from the outset with how they crafted this story the story itself like a doctor being sued for a malpractice on a hospital show is a good story that is yeah hey we're locked in the problem is how you set this up you you it was a first of all it was an off-screen event so we already we don't care unless you're trying to use that to create some kind of ambiguity as to what happened we don't care we didn't see it we we're already disconnected then you use characters we don't know now we really don't care (laughs) then you set it around a character who will be kind and say that right now he's polarizing we especially don't care now because like had this been I don't see this is why you need people because if Lucas were on canvas and this were Lucas being sued for malpractice you instantly have a bunch of characters who are connected and who are important and who are a part of this story now yeah or even making it Portia or Terry either one of them it would making it Finn just disconnected everybody and then even if it was Finn it's the fact that it's a patient nobody's ever met nobody cares about like why this this entire story is like why are we here yeah the entire construction and crafting of this tale was off from the very beginning like they needed to erase everything and storyboard it again but we are where we are now and like even the stuff that they added in because like okay 
Yeah, they did the scam because he lost, you know, his shirt with the insider trading thing. But nobody's talking about that. So why? Why was that even a plot point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it all makes it. I just want the story to be over because it all just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So wait, let me can I let me get this straight because I again I fast forwarded a few scenes with those. Um. So they t- he was a part of the Aurora debacle. Yeah, yes. they they went broke because his he had a lot of his um. I guess investments, in, retirement yeah. pay, whatever, tied up in Aurora, which was prior to the merger, a stable company. company. Okay. So and then so ba- when the basically they want to have their they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to say that Carly and Drew's actions didn't really affect anyone or harm them, but you also want to bring up the fact that this man went broke because of that and the only person they're holding accountable is Finn, who we don't care about. Okay. Correct. Honestly, he, <laughs> he should have sued Carly. Once once the in the, the story should have been fuck the malpractice of it all. Leave that, leave that over there on the playground. We don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> when when the truth came out about what Drew and Carly did, and Drew goes to jail, Drew comes out, they're happy go lucky, blah, blah, blah. Then Carly and Drew get sued in civil court. And they try to go after Bobby's or they try to go after Aurora. That's what the story should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Right now they just want to play both sides of the fence and you can't do that. Like either it didn't matter, it didn't hurt anybody or it did. Which one? And for the love of Christ, please don't, please do not make this another thing to lay at Nina's feet because this has nothing to do with Nina. Carly and Drew did this. Let them hold this L if we're going to go there. And that's the thing, like, I don't even think they're going to go there. So, like, why did you? If this it whole, yeah, this whole story was. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it's the first thing we talked about because it's just a whole bunch of nothing. But apparently, this next story did not disappear like I thought it did. Um, the Pikeman story seems to not be over. Brennan gave Jordan a tip and she got kidnapped by the feds for questioning and she went to Brick of all people for help. What the fuck was this? That's very confusing to me. Why couldn't we see her and Brennan interact? Like, why? <laughs> that was weird, but like... Uh. The kidnapping was weird. The questioning was weird. The brick of it all was weird. Like, this was all just weird. Like, do y'all hate Tanisha Harper? Did did she do something to hurt? (laughs) Did she do something to hurt you? Is that why she doesn't get story that's worth half a damn? And see, when I said in my wishfuls that I wanted a story for Jordan, this is not what this is not what I meant. I specifically (laughs) said, I don't want this brick shit. I remember vividly saying that. And like okay, Stephen A. Smith is a is a fun guest character, but I don't need him in story because y'all don't want him in story. Like he's not an actual fully realized character. He's he's heavy for Sunny, and you shuffle him off every every chance you get. Like he's not a part of the story. I want 
story for Jordan consistently or at least rotating story with someone else. She doesn't get anything. She gets to play. A, she's basically a glorified day player. And it's unfair mm-hmm. because you put her on contract and you've done nothing with her since she's been on a contract. And we did not ask for this. Now, how do you guys feel about the pikemen of it all being resurrected? I mean, I guess, but I don't trust Chris and Dan to actually make me give a damn because they didn't make me give a damn before. The people that made me give a damn were the were the young scab writers. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what Patrick and Elizabeth do with this. If it's still going by that point, but knowing Chris and Dan, it will be. I mean, I have, I have. They, they don't understand the concept of wrapping up a wrapping story. Wrapping up a damn story. <laughs> succinctly, they, they find new ways to turn the page instead of closing the book. Yeah. I, like I wanted to care and I watched the scenes because Jordan was there. I liked her scenes with TJ. I liked when he was worried. He, he him and Anna sharing scenes were shocking but interesting. And this was all it was. I was so annoyed when she came walking into that hospital because before we got like the full flat like the full like flashbacks and we actually saw where she was. I'm like y'all really resolved this shit off screen. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I thought, to be honest, she looked like she had just rolled out of bed. I thought her and Brick was messing around. I'm like, I don't want this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I don't like. I don't understand who looked who said Jordan and Brick would be fun because why? (laughs) Why, as the deputy mayor, are you going to somebody who is a mobular geek squad? For help. Thank you. He's very much mob adjacent. Why the fuck is she going to him? He's basically Sonny Spinelli, so I don't understand. That's the one part that to me just didn't make sense. This is it's also makes me confused as to why they made her the deputy mayor in the first place. If you were still gonna have her doing cop shit. Like the deputy mayor doesn't do this. <laughs> like she's not, she, she's not a cop yeah. anymore. Especially in this town, because the deputy mayor is the one who does the most mayoring. <laughs> like either let her be the deputy mayor and give her hell. No, that'll never happen. I was gonna say let her run against Laura. She's not doing a good job at all. So like, <laughs> but, plus Laura likes to disappear for months at a time. And then when she is there, she's supporting psychos and keeping them out of prison. Um. Unless it's against her, because said psycho <laughs> is boxing her husband upside the head. We'll get there in one quick second. <laughs> but yeah, this the Jordan brick stuff was just all wrong. Like, I would have preferred to see her interaction with Brennan. That would have at least let me know, oh, the story's still happening. They're just taking it in a different direction. Like that would have been interesting, but is this a safe space? Yes. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound very encouraging. Okay. <laughs> I will say now, while I'm very much against it, because Zeke, like, let's let's is bring this? it back. I did like the flirty banter between her and Brick, but that's all. 
That's all. I, I don't was want too busy. more. I, it was. I it was... felt very one sided. <laughs> that like <laughs> she was using him to get her get information, and he was entertaining it because he finds her attractive. So that's all I thought it was. It they they it did work. They're using each other. So. Yeah, it worked. It's just I don't think she would ever take him seriously. Me either. I don't want yeah. it long term. I don't want it at all. I like good flirty banter, but like I know what it is and it stays there. I don't want them to even have consen- consensual, no strings attached relations. Because oh could. god, that the mental image of that just <laughs> absolutely not. Because Zeke, that as Zeke is like right there, like go visit Zeke go wherever he is. Houston, please yeah. go is find right him. there. Taggart's right there. Even though you keep trying to to give away his job that apparently he's not going to get. I don't know. Maybe yeah. with with Patrick coming in, he might want to further explore the dynamics of Trina's parentage, and I wouldn't be against it. Or rewrite it. I'm either way. Yeah, that I'm part. Okay with that. Yes, yes, I agree. Because I you know who that. also was around when Patrick Mulcahy was last on this show, Marcus Taggart. Do it anyway. <laughs> All right, now on to the stories on the show that were actually somewhat compelling this week. Esme continues to prove she is a psycho by seeking counsel from Heather, who convinces her to run. She gets busted by Kevin, who she knocks out, and only then does Laura realize Esme has not changed. Man, fuck Laura. (laughs) That part. (laughs) But, um... Heather ratting her out was hilarious to me. (laughs) (laughs) But Um, that, honestly, that is what makes Heather such a fun character because I don't mm -hmm. think anyone saw that coming. At all. all. That's the thing. Only in Heather's mind does she save her daughter by sending her to jail. Uh, I mean, it's a warped way of protection. I mean, it's better than killing people, but you know. Yeah. Fair. Like, she's like, hey. Either she's going to get killed or she's going to get arrested. Arrested Laura, means she's alive. <laughs> Laura was still too nice about the whole situation. Laura can kiss my ass. Even now we be- care about justice. Now we care right? about victims. Because, because the victim is now your husband. Even though there was a victim in your grandson, both of them. She didn't give like, a fuck. Like, I'm confused. Yeah. Me too. Like, this... It is not making Laura look good at all. No. Meanwhile, I, I forgot to add this into the outline, but we'll throw this in here because it relates. But Spencer is I don't give a fuck attitude with Dante when he explained why he did what he did. Hilarious. I hollered because he was <laughs> like, you of all people should understand complicated relationships with parents. <laughs> like, oh right. God. Don't you got a hole in your chest, bro? <laughs> Period. <laughs> Spencer is a Cassidine man through and through. Oh my god, I loved it. (laughs) Because he wasn't wrong. like Uh, At all. When you're right, you're right. Laura was trying to like pussyfoot around the situation and gently like protect Spencer and Spencer's like, nah, fuck that. I did what I did. (laughs) And like, it's funny and maybe that's just maybe this is just me and, and, and my family. 
But I was like, yeah, they cousins. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dante, Dante looked like, I know this motherfucker. Did <laughs> Boy. Oh, that, that's true. They are literally they are cousins. cousins. Yeah, they are. They really they don't play that. They and Dante, no, they don't. Dante was like, look, I wasn't talking about your daddy, but if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoop, take your potato salad and go, Laura, because it's, it's, it's... <laughs> we have reached the point at the family reunion where somebody done had a little too much brown liquor and a little too much <laughs> but has like, started to be told. Stuff like that, Um, that's what's making me look forward to the new writers because I don't think they'll skimp on playing that rich history that's as subtext. Like, we don't get stuff like that often. And that was, it was surprising, but it made complete sense. And it was very totally. in character. Also, how do we feel now that they've officially said in dialogue that because Nicholas is Ace's other parent, it was in fact not kidnapping since there was no established custody order in place? I mean, that's how I always felt. I know you guys um, talked about this on the last episode, but. Yes, it's fucked up that he just came to grab the baby because, you know, he hasn't been there. But like Dylan said in the episode, because legal physical custody was not established. I mean, yeah, he like the right. I yeah, I think I think what threw people off was that Esme's been the one, like, Esme's been the parent who has had, like, quote-unquote custody of Ace this entire time. But, like, in real life, if if you have no custody agreement established in a court of law and the other parent, like, goes and picks the kid up from school and it's like, no, nah, so I'm no. not, and it's like, nah, I'm not giving them back. You can call the cops. And, <laughs> and the cops really can't do anything. And the cops will tell you you have to go to court. Ask yeah. me how I know. Oh. <laughs> how do you know, how Dylan? Do you know, Dylan? <laughs> Dylan worked at a domestic violence shelter for a lot of years oh. and had to guide a lot of people through a lot of court situations. This is not an unusual situation because a lot of people like until you establish things like child support and especially when it's a baby mama baby daddy situation mm -hmm. y'all ain't got no papers yep somebody broke up somebody moved out yeah y'all ain't been to court whoever does not have the child runs the other person some money every two weeks when they get paid that's how y'all go y'all go along to get along until you're not getting along anymore mm-hmm and then somebody's like, nah. Let's get this shit on paper. Then you have to go to court. Yeah. So like until you have something established in a court of law, it's very murky. And I always thought the, the thing that muddied the waters with this particular situation was the fact that Nicholas had criminal charges. He was the literal fugitive. That's where things got murky and muddy and they could have gone either way with parental kidnapping. But like just the fact that Esme was the one raising him is not enough for them to have been like, hey, he can't take his son. 
it nope. <laughs> like literally it, it doesn't work especially since she never disputed that he was the father they've never established paternity for ace yeah, that's the f- like if she's she's not smart i told you <laughs> like when in doubt you lie all the you lie every other time lie now why he's not part. he's not yeah. the daddy he kidnapped my child like just <laughs> but this also goes to further proof and man the pro esme people were just taking l after l this weekend i personally enjoyed between her tears and her flipping out and them losing their shit i had a ball right <laughs> It was so fun because like on Twitter for weeks or, you know, last couple of weeks anyway, it's been Nicholas and Spencer are going to get charged with kidnapping because Spencer abated in kidnapping a child. And well, that didn't happen. And then it's Esme loves her son. She would never do anything to actively hurt her child. She's better now. She's changed. Meanwhile, does she challenge Spencer's, um, you know, does she take Spencer's challenge and be like, okay, you're going to try to get me on charges because my memory's back, but they have no proof. Let me go to the cops anyway. No, she goes to every psycho she knows to try to get help and nobody's helping her. <laughs> every <laughs> single one. Like she ran down the Rolodex. Right. She, she started with Cyrus. Then she went to Ava, who hates her guts, mind you. And then she went to her mama in prison. Like... <laughs> It, it, it got progressively worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, My thing is, why the fuck did she think Cyrus would help her? Because she said, "Oh, you're a man of the cloth," or whatever dumbass reason. At the end of the day, Cyrus... finding God would be every reason for him to call the cops, not help you. Not mm-hmm. just that, Cyrus is Spencer's uncle. He's going to look for the best interest of Spencer and Laura first. And that does not include helping a cycle like you, Esme. So please make it make sense. Especially when he's still trying to score points with Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Cyrus said the uncle off is back on for the 2K24. Yep, and though his, his competition may now be Sunny rather than Victor, since Victor is uh, currently roasting in hell. <laughs> I love how you say currently, because there's always a possibility that yeah. these, these people <laughs> resurrect. <laughs> Baby, that's the cast of dying. Are we sure, sure? Are we for real? For right? Real? Exactly. Did you, did you poke and, the body? Right? I don't, and listen, I've been a viewer, I've been a viewer of Days of Our Lives too long to actually take death seriously on any show. <laughs> no, but Jace has taken the piss out of character deaths. It, it, they don't mean what they used to mean. Somebody dies on days on Monday at noon. By 12.35, we are speculating how they're going to bring back. How they're back. coming back. <laughs> yep. The day Abigail Deverell was murdered, everybody was like, okay, how are they going to bring her back? Who <laughs> like, could play Abby? <laughs> the day it was announced that she was being murdered. Forget when the murder actually aired seven months later. <laughs> the day it was announced she was being murdered, wishful casting started, timeline started. Like, we knew. Wow. But, um, so yeah, like Esme going to Cyrus, going to Ava, and then going to Heather, and then sitting there with Heather, and Heather being able to clock immediately that she cares more about 
vengeance than she does about her child. Who would have thought Heather would be (laughs) the voice of reason? Okay, Heather's Heather's not dumb. She's just batshit crazy. Like that's that's my point. (laughs) That's my point. When you thought a crazy crazy woman is the one to to have reason and sense. When, when when the woman who has an LSD soaked brain is the one making the most sense, you know you are in the bad lab. <laughs> That's a cause for concern. <laughs> but Heather knew her. Heather knew her child immediately. You got your memory back, bitch. Run, like she said, run and run like your life and depends on it because it does. And when you think you're fast listen. enough, continue. When you think you're far enough, continue running. Continue to run. Do we want to talk about okay, the Esme yeah. Kevin? Do we want to talk about the Esme Kevin scenes? But yeah, you know. I mean, poor Kevin. That's about it, right? <laughs> he just can he have one normal family member? No, one. No. <laughs> like, what was going on? Because the- <laughs> even the daughter he had on poor Charles got turned into a vampire, so he's not allowed to have any normal family members. <laughs> not, not a one. And I think this Do is the we... first time she called him Uncle Kevin, or that I can remember her calling him, yeah. calling him Uncle Kevin. Which is probably what got his spidey senses going. Like, um, are you okay? I'm wondering if he would have snitched on her anyway. Yeah, I think he would have. Yeah. His, his discernment was very much like something is not adding up here. He would have snitched on her and then he would have helped her because the ryan of it all he he feels guilty about his brother he couldn't help his brother yeah and he and like we ryan had a body count <laughs> like yo he that Not man had put in some, he had put in some work and <laughs> like and kevin consistently stayed trying to find a way to save him oh that brotherly love yeah, I don't know if it was the twin thing or what. I know a lot of it was also guilt. Yeah, because yeah. he he's the one that didn't have to deal with their mother's mess, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan grew up under that, so. And honestly, like, uh, huh, their story is very uncomfortable when you can't when you get into their past so like i understand where a lot of kevin's like guilt and need to save his brother comes from and like we've been saying though that would have made so much sense like Mm -hmm. having him be the one who is like taken in by esme and trying to help her and trying to redeem her rather than laura i don't know like again we're story construction and craft like the way in which you told the tale the Laura Portia scenes where Laura tried to explain why she's been on Esme's side. Oh, fuck Laura. <laughs> I wondered if we were going to talk about these scenes. Listen here, listen here, listen. Uh, you better be lucky Portia didn't want to lose her job. Because <laughs> <laughs> baby, the many creative ways I'd have told you, fuck you, and and your forefathers that part oh they'd have put me up out of the hospital that day because let us be clear while Portia may have been civil to Esme for her own purposes at one point there was 
always the air of I cannot stand this bitch around her. That's what a lot just, of people that's what a lot of people don't understand with the yeah. thing and why I defend her the way I do. Because whether you all they're seeing was oh, with her Portia actions was, befriending Portia was Esme, keeping with, with Esme. Esme. But let's be very clear, her goal was to get Spencer away from Trina. Yeah. And by and by extension getting Esme away from Trina. She yeah. doesn't think Spencer's good for Trina because of all the shit he comes with and look what's coming now. Reasonably so. I mean she's like, a parent. But she's she never to. she unlike Laura, she never set out to absolve Esme of responsibility. She yeah. just wanted Trina away from that situation. Exactly. And while I may wish that she had gone about it in different ways and was very happy when they dropped that particular thread, um, how she handled Esme and how Laura handled Esme were very, very different. Definitely. Like night and day. They're not the same. Because even after Laura knew that Esme remembered, before she found out that Kevin was clocked, um, the way she was talking to Dante <laughs> yep. about making sure that Esme was okay, it's like, you know she has her memory back. You know what she's capable of. And you're still trying to coddle her. Why? I don't understand. Like, if I'm Spencer and I'm Cameron, I'm not fucking with Laura anymore as my grandmother. That would be an interesting dynamic to play. I don't think they would ever go there, though. Not Chris and Dan. Maybe Patrick and um, Elizabeth, but not Chris and Dan. Now, I know I know where we're probably <laughs> headed with Spencer's impending air quotes death. Um, coming, I I'm hope sure... she feels so much guilt. I hope oh, she yeah. does. I, I feel like Laura is going to be buried in guilt, which is going to give Jeannie some amazing stuff to play. But it's going to mm-hmm. be guilt that is very much deserved. Because normally when they take Laura down the guilt train, she doesn't normally deserve the guilt load that she's carrying. This time she'll deserve it tenfold. Yep. Because, oh, and when, ooh, ooh, while we're here, when she tried to blame Esme being free on a lack of police commissioner. Bitch, who manipulated the deal? Who appointed the police commissioner? You've had ample time oh, to get a... <laughs> right? When I say fuck Laura, this is what I mean. <laughs> like, Because, okay. Um, she she named Jordan deputy um, mayor. She named Mac um, pol- temporary police commissioner. She didn't... They never went back to Taggart. And offered him the job permanently. You dropped the ball, Laura, on on more than one occasion. Right. You've had, you've had ways to make sure the people of Port Charles were secure, and you just didn't because you had your head up Esme's ass. That's what it is. You were too busy playing. Where in the world is Nicholas Castine <laughs> to be in Port Charles doing your job? <laughs> like, That's why okay. I said Jordan should run against her ass. Like, why not? <laughs> Like, if I'm Ned, I'm starting a podcast. Like, see, y'all could have had a mayor. Oh I forgot you lost the Just what y'all chose. Look at, look at you. Now look at you. Like, 
if anybody really wanted to sue the city of Port Charles, oh, they have a case. Like, oh, definitely. <laughs> All right, um, I guess we can head into our last critical case, which is that Spencer and Trina say goodbye Port Charles and hello Paris. Spencer tells Joss and Trina about Esme before they leave and Joss promises to prove his theory correct. After some romance in Paris, Spencer and Trina find out Esme is on the run and Trina wants Spencer to go home, but he decides to stay. Hmm. I'm very... I have to say, I'm proud of young Prince Cassidine <laughs> because the old Spencer, he would have kept the secret that um, Esme hasn't gotten, has gotten her memory back, but he was very forthcoming about it. And so good on you, Spencer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he also didn't put himself in harm's way trying to figure it out himself. Yeah. yeah. Now her showing up is a different story, but like he he was like, okay, they've got that. This is my priority right now, and I appreciated that. Yeah, oh, and and but the I, sexy times we've been getting in Paris are so bittersweet now that we know what's coming and when it's coming. Oh, but they're my laying God, it off thick. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, at least they're laying it on. <laughs> that true, yes. Cause ain't nobody else having sex in this damn show no more. Like, <laughs> at least not anybody we want to be having sex. <laughs> that but, scene, that scene when they finished, and he's putting they, his pants on. He's putting his pants on. They're not saying anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is filthy. This is so dirty. Because <laughs> he looked at her like, and I do it again. Watch me. And <laughs> she's looking at him like, why are you putting pants on? <laughs> And that uh, like, that damn bellhop, Renly, I thought something was up with the bellhop. I thought, damn, Esme got there that quickly. Because, you know. Yeah, that was weird as fuck. So he apparently he just walked in because he didn't hear anything. Maybe they were just busy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a little weird. But um, I've been enjoying it so far. And you know those dubs are going to be the only thing they find after whatever oh, happens. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she's about to be like, I am not leaving. I am going to find him. We thought he disappeared in Greenland, but he came back to me and he's going to mm-hmm. come back to me again. Like, I'm just oh, entirely unprepared for what we're about to get. But also, like, give it to me. Like this, this will be the time for like if she's like in Paris and she refuses to leave, that's when you insert Taggart, someone to someone who's a bit more neutral, even though he shouldn't be because of the history, who's a bit more neutral, who she would feel like has her best interest at heart completely, because he's never tried to interfere with her relationship with Spencer. Like I would love if she calls Taggart, like she's. Like she is down in the depths of despair and worry about Spencer, and her instinct is to call Taggart. Because while we're here, where the fuck was Taggart at this goodbye party? The child you raised for eighteen years is leaving to another country with her boyfriend. Whenever we do see him next, whenever we do see him next, they're going to tell me some shit like, "Oh, he was undercover and unreachable." Shut like, unless she runs into him under, undercover in Paris, I entirely do not care. 
They're gonna. I don't. I'm be real. I don't think we're gonna see him. And if I don't think we're gonna see him under this regime anymore. I just don't. They don't have enough time. Yeah. They have consistently shown that they don't care about the character. If we do see Taggart again, it'll be under Patrick and Elizabeth. Which I'm okay with. I just want to see him. Same. But yeah, this um, these scenes were really good. And 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 it was something that we needed. Like we needed, we needed the calm before the storm. I can only imagine what the storm is going to be. Yeah. I don't know. I and apparently they're going to be on a boat again, according to spoilers. So. Oh Lord. Yeah. Oh. That's that could explain why if she decides like oh he's not dead he I know he's coming back that could explain why because they were on a boat last time and he managed to get out unscathed. I know, and I, I like I was scrolling Twitter the other day because you know how there, there's that trend going around like who has the insert show clip here? Yeah, and so there there was a GH thread and somebody put the Greenland lift as their response. And I'm watching that scene and I'm like, we're not going to get this after whatever happens in Paris. And I'm so sad. Like Paris is going <sighs> to have a very different ending and I'm just not prepared. Yeah. But I'm like, to be honest, when I say I want writing like this for young couples, I rarely get it because like we don't get the epic sweeping romantic stuff anymore because they just don't do that like whenever I get a ship that I like I'm like okay put them together but you can shoot them out of a cannon for all I care just just give me the drama give me the angst give me all of that and I'm happy we're getting it especially in a moment we're we're not going to have Nicholas Chavez on, on canvas make don't let it be random don't let him just disappear give us a give us the heartfelt moment so that when he does come back and everyone's in shambles, it's like, oh, such a sigh of relief. Like, could you imagine if he disappears because he he's saving her? Like, if he sacrifices his life to save her, I just... I just had a, a dark thought. Imagine if he is presumed dead, saving her from Esme, and Esme also survives. Yeah, that could be what unlocks Trina's dark side. And I'd be all for it. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Because, like, you have to leave Paris without the man you love. And the bitch that's the reason that he's gone is back to. Yeah. She needs to raise absolute hell. And I'm here for it. For. And, like I'm here for it for many many reasons one of which being Tabiana is just absolutely going to kill that material and the I'm other excited. of which Trina I just I'm ready I'm ready for that that side of Trina but how did we feel about like the Portia Stella conversation at the party because I saw a bunch of people on Twitter calling Portia a liar because like in the scenes at the hospital prior she's like go we want this and while I'm not happy that Spencer is going with you I see he makes you happy and then in the scenes with Stella she's like I'm really apprehensive about this and like people call um, Portia a liar and I'm just like she's where not did she lying. lie because she, that's she lie. very consistent 
she didn't lie. It's just a matter of she's allowing this. Not that she could stop she's, it, but she's, she's picking her battles. She's not even allowing exactly. it. She's picking, she knows she cannot stop it, but she's also cautious because of what Spencer comes with. Like, why are y'all being obtuse? That I, I'm gonna be real and I'm probably about to to aggravate some people. That has always been like where I don't understand the perspective of this fandom because I'm going to sit here and I am going to dare anybody to show me when the love of a Cassidine man has ever resulted in anything good for a woman hello Emily dead Courtney's dead dead? Courtney got snatched when she was 86 months pregnant (laughs) (laughs) got away and then died from the monkey flu Damn, what what a way to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like even even Nicholas's like Anna's in t- that whole situation. Anna's in turmoil right now because she shot a child because a fucking Cassidy man, man would not tell the truth. Like no matter what their intentions are, some shit always goes left with their with their love interests. Catherine Bell is dead. Like, <laughs> Chloe got her neck snapped. In in Ava's living room, <laughs> like and, and Ava isn't exactly doing very well. That part, like I mean, she, come she's on, she's about to be she's about to be shipped off to Sunny's Island for protection. Show y'all, show your work, y'all. Show me why Portia should be remotely happy about any of this. As as a parent, show me, show your work. Give me one example where the love of a Cassidine has resulted in anything good for their love interest. You can't because it doesn't exist. Even the women. Even the women. Because Alexa's got a string of dead bodies. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Heck. Like uh Things are. I'm just saying, TJ, watch your back. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just, it's, it's not. It, it makes complete sense that she does not want this boy anywhere near her baby, and neither. And let's be very clear, neither would y'all. Period. Yep. Like this, there, the this fan base and their particular issue with Portia not liking Spencer reeks of we've been spoiled whenever we get pairings previously so because everybody on canvas loved them whether they were written out of character or not we expect it here too and that's the only way we're going to be satisfied because I know there's a lot of people from a very particular fan base speak on it who came from another show Mm. who were accustomed to characters being written out of character to prop one half of that pairing. You need to name and shame. Ben and Sierra. I have no problem doing it because I know there is a lot of Mm -hmm. Spencer and Trina supporters that were also sin stands. And And it shows. shows. Oh, it does often and loudly. Let's be very clear. They've destroyed multiple characters on that show consistently to force Ben 
to force his redemption arc. Yeah. And we were, we've been screaming about the issues with Esme so long. There's no way you cannot, there's no way you shouldn't have grace for Portia because again, regardless of what Portia tried to do to get rid of Spencer, Spencer was also very comfortable living with Esme while he started a relationship with Trina. Mm-hmm. But though, let's be very clear, those situations are not treated the same. At all. But we're supposed, I'm supposed to believe that Spencer loves and adores Trina with all his heart. And he never, he never decided to try and make her comfortable in the, or secure in their relationship until she forced him to. Get out my face. Like, call a thing a thing. We, we are aware that everybody was sacrificed, but the only person that gets grace is not, the, is not Trina's mother. Trina does, Trina's mother doesn't get grace. Hell, Trina wouldn't get grace unless, if she gets grace. Because I remember the day y'all were dragging Trina by her baby hairs. I vividly remember it. And that's when I, that's when I knew. I'm like, okay, they're here After for the Spencer. bar fight? Yep. They're here for Spencer. They're not here for Trina. Mm-hmm. I'm here for Trina. First and foremost. Listen, I, I don't make any secret of the fact that when I watch these shows, I am a female character fan first. Like that is almost, there are very few exceptions to that rule. That is almost always, I'm here for my girls. And so my priority is always going to be Trina. And I don't, and I, and I love Spencer. I love Spencer. Same, I, I should him that's my but, that's my baby but, but yeah, that part and I don't I don't have any problem holding my faves accountable and even with Portia when she what did I tell you when she did that wild shit what did I say I was like oh no ma'am oh no not this right here this is wild this is this is not okay this is but my critiques of Portia's behavior were made with the understanding of why she was being written the way that she was being written and who she was being written to serve. And so they were very measured and very pointed. And you made sure of that. They don't, she, mm, the way that she is critiqued that does not always happen and i will <laughs> like it is very it is it is very clear that when spencer's behavior was written to drive the esme agenda every critique of him was like we know that he's only doing this da 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 da, da for this reason that reason this reason and so we're still going to go up for him we're still going to support him this then the third but when it was Portia and it was very clear that her writing was being was was that way for the Esme agenda the energy did not match it was not the same and we know why let's also point out that Portia's behavior didn't last as long as Spencer's Mm -hmm. Spencer's was consistent and up until a few weeks ago he was saying up until the very um, scenes in the interrogation room, you're like, you were a good mom. You're fine. Like, are, like, am I watching a different show? Because and, and <laughs> let's be clear, if Nicholas Alexander Chavez were not about to be 
going to film for Monsters, would we even be getting this? And it's like, I get it when you, when it's your ship, it's your ship and you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go up for them. You're gonna go hard for them. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna be invested in them. But you there comes a point where you kind of have to take off your shipper goggles and look Uh at the show in context and in total. And a lot of the takes that I see don't do that. No. And the thing with Portia's disapproval is a great example of that because there is y'all can't give a lot y'all can't give a logical reason why a mother would want her daughter with the Cassidine man. You cannot. You can't. And there's nothing on there's and not even that. that. Like I again, I love Spencer. But all of this turmoil, her baby almost went to prison. Right? Like, hello? Because of the drama that this boy brought. And let's be very clear. He put Trina right in Esme's crosshairs by lying to her and flirting with her and throwing her a party while he had a girlfriend. Uh Uh-huh. Like he's done, he hasn't, like he's not this innocent little lamb who's done no wrong and Portia's just picking on him for no reason. She has reasons, very understandable reasons. The same girlfriend, might I add, who when he found out she did what she did, he covered for her. Like uh which Spencer, time? Spencer went to <laughs> Spencer went to prison not only for the things he did, but also for the things Esme did. Ah, yes. So again, Spencer's behavior up until a few weeks ago has been very consistent. He's tried to play nice and be supportive of Esme for the sake of his brother, yes. But he never he always treated Esme with kid gloves. And Trina was made to sit in that just to be with him. So excuse me if I don't have grace for Spencer when his inaction put Trina in harm's way constantly. But I know yeah. I know for a fact I know why Portia did what she did. Whether I agree with it or not. Exactly. Do we have anything else we want to add on this or can we move into making the rounds? Um, the rounds, I guess. All right. We've got Christina is pregnant. Laura offers Anna a police commissioner the job that is supposed to be Taggart's. Brooklyn <laughs> and Chase ask Gregory to officiate their wedding. Carly is the new CEO of Crimson and Valentine offers to fund a new magazine for Nina. Cody and Spinelli is the feud nobody asked for. Lucy and Scotty scheme against Tracy, making Martin jealous of their bond. And something I forgot to add, but I'm going to throw in here anyway. Curtis got feeling back in his foot. So, Nick, what is your making the rounds pick? Um, uh, Christina's pregnant. Why do y'all keep letting everything happen like... 
off screen or in a vacuum with this story? Are we supposed to care or not? Like, I'm confused. Because I promise you, I don't. At this point in time, I do not. The only in person fact, I care about is TJ. And I rarely see him in it. In fact, I hope that that the new writers, when they come in, their first order of business is to dead this story. Please. Let it like be I'm... a false let it be a false positive. She's never pregnant. And after the second letdown, they decide they don't want to go through this again and just be done and dead this story. Please and thank you. You could dead the couple for all I care. Free teaching. That part. Um like it was everything just felt so like everything we're supposed to care about they, the writers don't care about so they don't care enough to show us and then they just give us like I don't like I didn't the the scenes didn't really move me much because like I would have preferred to see the implantation and then and then a few weeks of them wondering and questioning and and Molly trying not to psych herself up or out, and Christina being going along with her life. You could have had, her, you could have showed her moving on with what's her name, Blaze. Uh, Blaze. And like, granted, I I like their chemistry. I just don't really care for the pairing because there's not really a story, much of one anyway. Yeah. Um, like, has, show TJ looking at baby names or like and he could be doing this at work while you're driving other story but we're not getting anything else outside of short scenes with them going from plot point to plot point and I don't know what this was for I, I don't understand it either Dylan what is your making the rounds pick um, mine is going to be specifically something that wasn't on here again i'm going rogue um please do and it was the sunny and ava of it all where he offered to go with her to hide out on the island see nina sis (laughs) this is why it's now see had you had a conversation this is why had you had a conversation with your aunt liesel your auntie might have hipped you to some game about why you don't bring another woman into the house with your man. Particularly another, particularly one of his exes. Because, I okay. mean, I know they're not officially exes, but they share a child. The one but, that's and if, they bump and if, if they're willing to fuck on a crib, you damn well know they'll fuck on an island. <laughs> Like, also, the ex who stole your first husband, by the way. Yeah, she's already already snatched one of your men. Already, already let you know she she is that bitch, and she can take your man. And Sonny's not very smart, so he would fall for it. And okay. Sonny is in bitter asshole jealous mode mm-hmm. because he saw he saw Valentine and Nina together, and his immediate response was, "Come to the island with me." Mm-hmm. Oh. The the messy part in me. So yeah, like God, I, they have I such said good it the, chemistry. I said the minute the minute Ava moved into that house. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be problems from the moment she moved in, because like honestly, the Morgan of it all. Like I get that they share a child, but the Morgan of it all and the way that they the the way in which Ava played a part in that. It, Sunny ever having any kind of 
energy other than I'm going to be polite to you in front of our child has never made sense to me. But like the, I listen, me and toxic romances <laughs> are like peanut butter and jelly. And I know I that love a good toxic not, romance listen, <laughs> if you know nothing else about me, if you go down my Twitter, you will see that I am a full for Louis and Lestat, and they are oh God. <laughs> oh, look, my murder. My, they, I can fix them. <laughs> but do you want to? Yes, <laughs> yes. she does. It just ain't gonna work. You never been in love like they've been in love. They just they they just won't do right. But <laughs> but my point is, what I I understand like the appeal of a toxic relationship, particularly when it's acknowledged that it's toxic. Yeah, like when you don't try to play in my face. And and tell me that these two people are sunshine and roses and, you know, a Jane Austen novel when it's really a dark romance <laughs> like that. That's what makes me be like, you, I don't want that. But no, when it's when it's messy and it's toxic and it's terrible and everybody knows it, that is my jam. And like Sunny and Ava. <laughs> It's such a mess. But like Maurice and Mara have such good chemistry. They do. And they're both in, uh, listen, Ava and Sunny are both very impulsive people. Uh-huh. And when they're in bad places, they make bad decisions. Hence, how, this is how we got Avery, to be honest. Um. Okay. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Like, they're both, like, she's feeling kind of isolated, kind of trapped. She just had that big emotional, you know, conversation with Nicholas. She's feeling a little raw. Like, hey. And I, he's, he's not handling the Nina situation well. Like, we are... I would much rather Sonny seek solace in Ava's bed than throw his pills out the window. And even like, they don't even, and the thing is like, it can create chaos without them even actually hooking up because we all know Nina is insecure. Insecure as hell. Ooh, she loves to create stories in her head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at at the narrative she has with Carly right now. So like I I I I I would like for them to go to the island. I need Sunny to buy Ava a pretty dress. I need him to let her win (laughs) (laughs) at the casino. Take us back to 1996. <laughs> like, I I would not be opposed to, like, give me some, I like mess. Give me some mess. I would, I would be here for mess and drama and, like, hey, let's go. All right, Sarah, what is your making the rounds pick? Um, Cody and Spinelli is the feud nobody asked for. <laughs> Very much that. <laughs> oh, I hope casualties of the writer's transition. My <laughs> thing is, right? I understand why they haven't spilled the, the beans on on Cody being Max's son. But what if for health reasons John J. York doesn't come back? They're not going to spin the story because this is what the fuck they've been telling us for the last year and a half. 
or year, however long he's been around, I need Spinelli to know the truth so he can calm the fuck down. Because it's really one-sided beef. It's always been Cody does not give a fuck about Spinelli or trying to get into Maxie's pants. That's his fucking sister. And I and I would also I think Maxie doesn't want Spinelli back in her pants. So I don't think so either. But and if they were gonna do this, they should have had Georgie be the one that Cody was bonding with. Because then at least yeah, it would make sense. That would yeah. make sense. Then it would at least yeah. make sense as a he's trying to step on my territory. But James yes. is not your kid. At all. So yeah, I need I need for Spinelli to find out to Cody for Cody to know that Spinelli knows, and for then him to ask Spinelli to keep it quiet while he figures out how he's gonna tell. Which is it's not in character for Spinelli. Spinelli's probably gonna want to tell the truth, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But this beef is very one-sided and I didn't ask for any of the shit. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a grudge from the matchmaker shit that nobody asked for. That we uh, don't we just, didn't we don't care, bro. We we don't. <laughs> we entirely do not. Um my making the rounds pick um is gonna be Carly is the new CEO of Crimson and Valentine offers to fund a new magazine for Nina. I wanted Nina to say yes to Valentine's offer. Why? I just, I don't know. I, I was watching and I'm like, I would actually be okay if she did this. Um, Just okay. for the mess of it all. Just, yeah, just for the mess of it all. Um, But I also did kind of like, not that I actually think it's going to stick, but that she said, I have to, like, she said something to Valentina of like, if I have, if I have any hope of, keeping a relationship with my daughter I have to resist my worst impulses I fully do not anticipate for this to actually hold water and stick beyond this conversation (laughs) but it was nice to hear it'll be nice if it actually sticks but it was nice to hear in the moment um and I don't know how I feel about Carly running Crimson I guess we'll see but I, I did kind of I, I did kind of like Nina's like broken I don't give a fuck vibe like she was just kind of a vibe in that whole in, in that whole thing the, the slow clap at, into wearing the sunglasses like everything like that whole confrontation was hilarious and I don't know if it was supposed to be but I had fun I didn't like how pushy Drew was about yeah. Carly taking over that felt a little odd Okay, just bring back Jason, the real Jason. <laughs> we know it's coming because this is this is not this it's, is not it. They're throwing him so far under the bus more and more as we get closer to Steve Burton's Truly. return. <laughs> it's oh, he's reminding funny. me more and more of a pre-cliff jump Ryan Lavery, and that is not a good place to be. Which cliff jump? Where he you- jumped off the cliff in his motorcycle because Greenlee wanted a child and I am that monster no bruh no <laughs> no I'm not going uh-uh. Uh-uh. uh-uh I'm not doing this with you again sir am I wrong you are not and that's why I'm saying I'm not doing this again I am not I turned that shit off the first time I will sir you turn you it off start again. whisper yelling at Laura right and, and I'm, I'm out of here 
I'm not well, playing at, with you. At least with at least with this, you know when it's gonna end. <laughs> like we we know what's happening behind the scenes. So you we have a we have a we have an out. <laughs> uh, 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 I I got PTSD. I'm not doing this. That's triggering to me. I'm not no. No, no. At least I know I am not wrong in seeing those signs and making that comparison. <laughs> like he's always been a little Drew Lavery, you know what I mean? But like, nah, bruh. Nah. I mean, I, 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 that I mean, particular version of Drew Lavery, we, uh, 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 I can bring back the mo- Drew, the motivational speaker, if this is yeah, where we're going. Point, if, if I had the choice between, between <laughs> Drew, Drew Lavery and Drew Van Zandt, I'm not Drew Van listen between I don't like it was okay and then it like I and the weird thing is like in those particular scenes there was a moment where it just flipped because like when he and (laughs) Nina were going at it I was like oh this is fun I can get into this I kind of like this version of Drew he's got a little kind of hot he he got a little oomph to him okay all right sir I'm I'm gonna let you cook and then when the Carly dynamic entered I was like he's not cooking at all turn the stove off turn it off (laughs) Mm -mm -mm -mm. order some wings mm -mm. yep never let him cook again get him out the kitchen And it was so odd because it went from I can get with this to absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> and it is precisely because of what Tony said. Like it flashed me back to that whole, uh, no, nobody wants to see that, bro. That was the worst. <laughs> and and saying this is a hell of a statement considering, but that was the worst version of Ryan Lavery that existed because yeah the, i would accept the ryan that was fucking erica kane over that ryan like that was you know, we ain't trying to go there bro <laughs> well where we can go next is our praise or shade segment sarah are you praising or shading oh god i wasn't ready um <laughs> <laughs> am i praising or shade? what happened this week um <laughs> Uh, I guess I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna praise Tabiana and and Nicholas Chavez. Ugh. Their chemistry is just chef's Everything. kiss. Like like Nick mentioned earlier, when he was like when they were finished, and Spencer was looking at Trina, I felt like I was intruding on their private time. I felt like I wanted um, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> that that too. But they just they just go together. I feel like they do. It was the one arm lift for me. That part. Like (laughs) listen. Oh, he got grown man strength now. Okay. (laughs) I just it was good while it lasted. Because if for whatever reason uh Nicholas doesn't renew with gh and this is the best we ever get like i'm happy with that damn what a way to go 
Yeah. Like, just with the thing. Right? I mean, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, their chemistry, I don't know. And if they are going to recast Spencer, I mean, it's a lot of speculation on our part as viewers, obviously. But if they do um, recast Spencer, those are going to be very big shoes to fill. And the chemistry between the recast and Tabiana needs to, like, be as good because... With no substitutions. Yeah, because... This pairing that's... survived one recast. You have to tread very carefully to make it survive two. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my, my praise. They just... Ah, they just were so good and they were sexy like I, I remember when I said um, I remember when Tabiana first came in I was like this is gonna be uh, Trina's like this is Trina's sexy grown woman era and she's really brought that um, so yeah it, it was hot that's all <laughs> Dylan what are you praising or shading um, I too am gonna praise Sabrina in Paris the thing is, we all know that, like, the bottom is going to drop out. Mm-hmm. But them giving us, like, these romantic and hot and sexy and loving moments before that happens is, like, such good storytelling because it reminds yeah. you why you're going to be devastated. It hurts so good. When the bottom drops out, it makes you invest that much more in this pairing and their happiness. It shows you what you're going to be fighting for when you're fighting, when you're fighting for your life. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) it it shows you exactly why you're going to be like, this this is mine and I'm going to stick beside them. (laughs) But like, it was so, it's so good. And like the chemistry between Nicholas and Tapiana is just, oh. Chef's kiss. It's so perfect. It's so perfect. And like they were just like the calm before the storm is really important. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times we don't get that anymore. Like they jump straight into plot. But you know, it's okay to like lay a little bit of the groundwork and give us a little bit of the sweet before we hit, you know, the rough spot. Give us like something to hold on to in those moments where like we know it's going to be darker before the dawn or whatever but like just give us something to like hold on to while the storm is raging like give us a reason to like stay down (laughs) so to speak like like this is the jailhouse letter baby remember when it was good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I get back, it's gonna be like that again. Like just <laughs> like I I appreciate them giving us this because I I'ma be honest. I I don't I, I haven't had a lot of trust in this regime when it comes to giving us things with this particular pairing. And so <laughs> when we get them and and we get them and they're so good, I really appreciate it. 
It's yeah. so good. Nick, what are you praising or shading? Um, I'm a praise, and I think it's going to be a three-peat. Um, Spencer and Trina. Uh, everything about the scenes were great. Spencer prioritizing Trina, even though Esme's running amok. Um, Trina, even being selfless in that moment, like, I think maybe you should go home. He's like, no. Maybe I'm, I'm good. Not I'm good over here. <laughs> and I really... One, I, one thing, it reminded me it brought me back to their New York trip um, because I remember the first time they had sex and Trina wore him out. This time, <laughs> Spencer got his lick back. Yeah, Spencer said, <laughs> Spencer said, I've been eating my Wheaties. <laughs> like, you had me the first time, but <laughs> I, I taught you some things this time, but I, I just, because we don't, we rarely get stuff like this because again, like, Dylan pointed out we always jump straight into plot we rarely get moments of levity and romance and love with these new pairings we just we go from plot to plot to plot to plot and this this time has been really necessary so when whatever's going to happen with Spencer happens like we could use some of this stuff as flashbacks you can go back further mm. if you want to it's going to really tug on the audience's heart that we got so this bad. moment, the stuff with the doves and them both having it, but not yeah. telling each other they had it. Like it's little stuff like that. We don't always need the ridiculous over the top plot. Sometimes the little nuances matter. And um, it seems like someone on the writing staff finally understands that with this pairing. Hopefully it's the one that just got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> but like this was, it was like, for instance, the, his final scenes are Wednesday. This was a perfect bookend. If that's yeah. the last time we're going to see him for a few months. Yeah. Well, we're going to make this a full sweep. Um, <laughs> I too am praising Sprina. Um, this parish trip, especially knowing how it's going to end, was giving me Liz and Lucky in New York vibes before yep. the fire. And I swear to God, if we're heading for the fire 2.0 with the white dove being the subway token, I am going to be very unwell. <laughs> and I'm just loving everything bit of this calm before the storm because the storm is going to hurt and we know the storm is going to hurt but part of me is also excited because I'm a masochist and I know Tabiana is about to kill whatever's coming but it was so nice to just get to see them in just get to see Spencer and Trina just enjoy being with each other with no major guilt or anything they just get to be and god it was so good yeah and I'm going to enjoy every moment we get until we run out of those moments. They better be on all three days. I think Monday, they Tuesday, are. Wednesday. Because I'll believe be pissed they if they're not. And I also, I'm going to say it. I hope that, I, I know they said that like his last episode airing as Spencer Cassidyne is Wednesday. Part of me hopes that we might maybe get like a couple extra bonus appearances as like a ghost or like a vision of Trina that Trina can literally have Spencer guiding her to him. Like that's just my personal little dream. 
I just, oh, I'm so excited to see where everything goes. Well, taste to hoping the last, the last week of Spencer and Trina together for a while is, is a good one. Amen. Do we have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Oh, Fuck Laura um, Collins. That <laughs> always. Um, but also people being confused, like, oh, why are Spencer and Trina fans like so excited to see what's happening next? We've known he was leaving, y'all. Like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> We've just been waiting. Like, we knew they had to write him out some way, whether they recast after he comes back or not. Like, this was always going to be a thing. He either he was leaving to film this show or he was leaving permanently. We've been prepared. Like, yeah. We're not exactly. This is the one thing that fan base is not up to us about. <laughs> At all. Like to, to those feigning concern who think we're going to fall apart because we're getting a presumed death. No, we want this shit. We're ma- we're masochistic like that. I love a good D- uh, who's yeah. we <laughs> I'm not a masochist. I'm not a masochist. I just understand how soaps operate when it comes to yeah. things like this. And when they need to fake kill you off, they do it in a heartbeat. Well, and no, actually, they don't always do that anymore. Now you just randomly disappear for some sometimes. Yeah, for some and time. Honestly, with GH, it, it it was honestly 50-50 on if we were even gonna get that because mm-hmm. they are recast R us. Yeah. So the fact that they have <laughs> listen, opted- Michael and Miniford Mouse don't let you know one monkey don't stop no show. <laughs> So, like, the fact that they have opted not to temporarily recast, but to kill him off, quote, unquote, to propel months of story, to give Tabiana a potential Emmy reel, as well as everybody else involved in the story, mm-hmm. like that, and the, the amount of story that this can propel, that says everything. Yeah. I'm just wondering what they do with Esme because her her existence has very much been um centered on Spencer being on screen but Spencer's going to be gone for the foreseeable future so what do they do with Esme I hope she goes to prison she can stay there with her mama but what do they do with Esme because let they haven't done anything with her for the last two years. Let her be more unhinged and let Trina be the one to take her ass down. Like, I'm here for that. I literally need Trina to be like, you know what? We're going to square up and beat her ass. I need Trina ass. to beat her ass. But yeah, exactly. Like, please beat her ass. Beat her ass, let it heal, and then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that... I believe is an excellent <laughs> final thought to end it on. We will see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye, Bye. Later, y'all. Fuck.